tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight only on Disney+. Plus. Greetings, humans. You have entered the Command Zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Command Zone podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Weeks, and we have a very special guest upgrader. It's Lady Danger. It's me, Lady Danger. We're here, and we're talking about enchantments, and it's not a Golgari deck. It's, but it has green and black, so but we're okay. it's got green and black. It's yeah. close. I'll be the white. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, because you just did the podcast about yeah, white. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you bring the green and black, I'll bring the white to, yes. this, to this upgrade. Uh, this is the Abzan Green Black White Enchantress Precon from the Commander Masters. It's got sort of a graveyard sub-theme. We'll get into it a little bit deeper. Uh, but in this episode, we are going to add 10 cards to the deck. We're going to take 10 cards out to make this Precon the best Precon. Precon. It can possibly be an upgraded precon. Uh, <laughs> and we're using a budget of $50 to make sure that you get the maximum punching power you can out of your deck. But before we get into it, uh, if you hear any cards that we're talking about today and you're like, I need to get one of those for my Enchantress deck, or if you are upgrading this precon right here, go over to cardkingdom.com slash command to get all of the singles and sealed product you need in your Enchantress life. Uh, Commander Masters is a very, or Master Sets in general, is a very special time for uh, buying singles. It's when I am paying most attention to the prices of cards, and I'm always scouring the pages of Card Kingdom to make sure I'm getting the best deal on all of the singles that I need to upgrade all of my decks. Get those powerful cards while they're at their cheapest. And again, you can do that and get all of the cards you're looking for all in one place at cardkingdom.com slash command. And once those cards are in your hand, you are going to need to protect them. Go over to ultrapro.com slash command to get some of the highest quality magic accessories in the business. Get your deck boxes, sleeves, play mats, all in the fantastic and official magic art. Especially when we do these pre-con upgrade guides, if there is a pre-con that really calls your name, Ultra Pro loves to make a whole co like collection around every single pre-con. So if you are really dedicated, you're really into Anicthia, you're watching the Enchantments deck, why wouldn't you be? Uh, you can get that over at ultrapro.com slash command. On a playmat, on some sleeves, get it on a binder. I don't know. Check it out. Uh, sign up for their newsletter. Make sure you're always aware of what is coming out. Uh, the final way to support us is directly go to patreon.com slash command zone. Um, that is where you can give your money straight to the show and make sure that we are making the highest quality, the coolest content, uh, and you get the sweet perks of being a patron. Patron, You get access to game nights and extra turns a day early. So you're in the know. You will never have a game spoiled again. You get to say first on all of the games because you've already seen it. Uh, that's a special patron privilege. <laughs> and my favorite is yeah. Turn Talk, which yeah. is the episode yeah. uh, that we do exclusive for patron only, mm -hmm. uh, where we talk about what happened in our extra turn games yeah. right after the game. So, you know, I always love that. You know, rule zero conversation is kind of like post game conversation. Um, yeah, but rules. You get to talk. 
to zero. It's Z, rule, rule Z, Z conversation. Yeah, rule one pie. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Catch people while their emotions are hot and they're feeling passionate about their deck. Turn Talk is only available to patrons and it is a ton of fun. Plus, the final perk is you. Uh, we shout out one lucky patron every single podcast episode. And this one is dedicated to... to- Andrew Chen. Andrew? You rock. You rock. Thank you. All right, let's get into it. We are talking about the enduring enchantments. <laughs> pre <Pre-con. laughs> The names of these are always so silly. How many times can they name an enchantress deck, do you I think? I want that job. Enduring enchantments. Why not alluring Alluring. And it doesn't start with E, lady. Oh. It's got to be like... What's the word for that? I don't know. Uh, alliteration? Yeah, alliteration. It's got to be alliterative. <laughs> uh, before we uh, do any kind of upgrade on this pre-con, we want to first understand what is in the box that you buy off the shelf. And like all or many pre-cons that we buy uh, off the shelf, there are two available legends that you could put in the command zone. There's the face commander and there's the backup commander. And uh, that is what we got here. So let's read that first one. <laughs> <laughs> the first commander for this, uh, um, I guess, pre-con is Anicthia Hand of Erebos. It's two, a white, a black, and a green. Four, four, legendary enchantment creature demigod. It has a menace. Other enchant. Other enchantment creatures you control have Menace, or Menace if you're familiar. Uh, <laughs> whenever Anicthia enters the battlefield or attacks, exile up to one target non-aura enchantment card from your graveyard. Create a token that's a copy of that card, except it's a 3-3 black zombie creature in addition to its other types. Okay, so it's like an enchantment reanimator commander. Which kind I of. love. Yeah, and it, it important to remember that it, it triggers when she enters or attacks. So she's still got a little titan thing going on um, and buffs your enchantment creatures, which is cool because you're reanimating them as an enchantment creature. So three threes with like with menace. Um, it, it also has like sort of a token thing. Yeah, you're, you're producing tokens. So it's a, definitely a very easy route that I think a mm-hmm. lot of people will go with this is um, making tons of, I mean, green and white is notorious for tokens. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a very easy way to go with this with this deck. But I mean, the one caveat is non-aura. And a lot of enchantments tend to be auras, especially if you're like protecting a lot of, um, of your creatures or mm-hmm. anything like that. So, you know, there's a little bit of a caveat and non-auras, yeah. but... I would expect the kind of enchantments that you see in a deck like this are big enchantments that either put themselves in the graveyard or mill or sort of feed your graveyard in some way. So yeah. you're really maximizing that reanimation uh, ability. I feel like a lot of enchantment creatures as well, which there's been That's so true. much more of. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and there's a number in this deck. Uh, the second commander of this deck is a little bit more narrow, as they often are. This is Narcy, Fabled Fable Singer. One white, black, green for a 3-3 human bard with a lifelink. Whenever you sacrifice an enchantment, draw a card. Whenever the final chapter ability of a saga you control resolves, each opponent loses X life and you gain X life, where X is that saga's mana value. Okay, so... the Narcy's uh, also a graveyard comma- like enchantment commander, <laughs> yeah. but is a lot more saga focused. Super saga focused. Yeah. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are going to put this in their, what is it, Tom Bombadil? Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Move over Goldberry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's Tom Bombadil's 
bow. Yeah, Narcy seems very, very focused on sagas, uh, notably when sagas, their final chapter triggers, they sacrifice themselves and go to the graveyard. So you would draw a card when they finish and also do the strain ability. Um, But it could be based around enchantments that send themselves to the graveyard. So maybe there's a little overlap there between Narcy and uh, Anicthea. Uh, before we pick which commander is going to be ooh, going to be best in the command zone, we want to get to know the 99 a little bit better. So we are going to break down the stats. 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 <laughs> what? Who is that? So dumb. <laughs> it's like slid across the floor in the yeah. end. Stats. So we're going to talk first about the regular categories that we expect to see in every commander deck, uh, starting with the number of ramp pieces. We've got 17 ramp pieces in here. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is a lot more than I would expect, honestly. Honestly, me too. Uh, you had a five mana commander in the command zone, I guess. So you got to get it out somehow. Yeah. We have 12 card draw pieces. It seems a little bit low for an, for an enchantress, enchantress deck, yeah. but 12 is like a respectable number. Mm-hmm. And Narcy does have card draw built into her. Uh, we've got seven targeted interaction. A little low as well. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, maybe enchantments are tend to be a little bit more prisony, so they may not have as much targeted interaction. But seven is lower than what we usually want. Uh, we've got two wipes. Wow. It's also low. <laughs> I feel like I've done a lot of these so far yeah. over the past few years. And you're. it seems like you're always looking at, or at least the ones that I pick, yeah. one or two. You right. don't really get like five or maybe I'm re- misremembering something, but it yeah. always feels very low, especially in these pre-cons. Yeah. Two wipes is acceptable. Uh, I would think probably three for this deck, yeah. though. We've got your favorite number of lands, Rachel. Oh, 37. Yeah. 37. That's where I start. That's my happy place. <laughs> and 37 lands makes a lot of sense for this deck. And is what we've come to expect from these pre-cons. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the stats that are a little bit more focused on the deck so we can help decide who goes in the command zone, if it's Narcy or Anicthea. Well, no surprise. There's 41 enchantments in this deck. Okay. Yeah. That's that almost makes sense. 50%. That's a wild number. <laughs> so 37 lands, 41 enchantments. Unfortunately, there are only seven sagas. Wow, that's really quite low. Yeah. Okay, so that's a big ding for Narcy for yeah, me. Not great for Narcy. Um, I mean, you would even think having them in your graveyard for Anicthea is great because... Right, Anicthea works quite well with sagas mm-hmm. because they send themselves to the graveyard. Yep. Um, interesting. Okay, so only seven sagas. Mm-hmm. This next category is just stuff that cares about enchantments. Yes. Enchantment payoffs. We've got 21 of them. Yeah, that makes sense. Enchantment decks tend to be really, really synergistic and really reward you for those 41 enchantments. Absolutely. It's a huge build around type of thing. So you want to make sure you're getting the payoff for playing with almost exclusively enchantments. Yeah, and I feel like we haven't seen an enchantment deck like this in a little while. Mm -hmm. So our next thing that we've got, uh, another payoff is 12 graveyard fillers, which is a huge plus for Anicthea. Right. Uh, Anicthea cares about enchantments in your graveyard, so you want to make sure that you have ways to get your enchantments in there. Uh, Graveyard fillers is a little vague, but we categorized it as anything that mills, Mm -hmm. anything that loots, uh, or anything that sacrifices enchantments. Stuff that just gets other cards into Into your graveyard graveyard to fuel your commander's engine. And finally... 
We've got six recursion cards. That's pretty high. I mean, I like a lot of recursion in my oh, deck, dude. but um, six six makes sense because it's an Abzan deck. Mm-hmm. It's very, very recursive three-color yeah. uh, group. Okay, so we've looked over the stats. That's what you can expect in this deck. That's a rough sort of uh, long shot view of this deck. Uh, knowing that, who did you decide should go in the command zone for this deck? I mean, I think I read all the comments and I think they would all riot if I didn't go with the face commander. <laughs> but honestly, I went with the face commander here because it just worked out so much better. There were not enough sagas to run Narsi, even though I love the idea of it. I love the idea of gaining life and sacrificing life and dealing damage mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But there just wasn't enough for me to really pick her as the face commander of this. Right. And Nyctia is a little bit more general and gives you more value that isn't really specific to a yeah. certain thing. Nurse, really relies on those seven sagas in the deck. Plus, Nyctia has a very powerful ability itself. Like yes. being able to bring high CMC enchantments back to the battlefield mm-hmm. just every time you blink her or every time she attacks is quite the swing it's super strong and the fact that she gives other enchantment creatures menace is i think something i don't want to say new because how much is new now Mm -hmm. but it feels really fresh for enchantress because you're usually playing like lockdown just draw a card do this do that and i don't feel like you're ever really attacking in a lot of this so it's a new way Maybe yeah. to play Enchantress? The idea of a more aggressive Enchantress deck is refreshing. Like, we've seen a lot of support for artifact creatures, but not necessarily as much for enchantment creatures. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to know that we're getting both sides of this down the pipeline. Uh, cool. So we've got Anicthia in the command zone. We have looked at this deck mechanically, what it does uh, functionally as magic cards. But before we move on to this upgrade, we do want to talk about the financial value of this deck as well. So if you are picking up this this precon, what are you going to get for your money? It is hard one and magic is expensive. Why should you spend it on this deck? Uh, we're going to talk about the overall reprint value of the precon. Um, it, that value is going to include just the reprints in the deck. Obviously, we do not have the monetary value of the new cards uh, and we're not including the value of the basics. So we're, this includes 71 cards in the deck and the total reprint value for this deck is $130.75. Okay. So normally $130 looks very good. Yeah, for that's that for a precon, that that's looking great to me. But the shelf price of these precons for Commander Masters is about double what we have seen of precons in the past. Yeah. So typically when we do these upgrade episodes, we are upgrading $40 precons. Mm-hmm. $40, $45 at most. Um these precons are anywhere between like $65 and $110. They're all over the place. Uh, but they're averaging about $80 each, which means that we would expect about twice the value in it. And $130 isn't close to that. No, it, it's not feeling close. It's 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 feeling kind of bad, honestly. But, yeah. you know. Like if we look at the average reprint value of $40 precons, in Baldur's Gate, our average reprint value was $104. Brothers War averaged about $95. All will be one averaged $101. March of the Machines average 
uh, machine, excuse me, just one, uh, averaged around $97. So they're all averaging out to about $100 for your 40 bucks. And this is only 130 for your 80. So in order to make that comparison a little bit clearer, I did some math and I found what I'm calling a bang for your buck quotient, Uh, which is math, the math of a journalism major anyway. um, So I took what the average reprint value of each set was and I divided it by roughly what its MRSRP was. So I divided them by 40. The Baldur's Gate... uh, Precons had $2.60 of cards for every $1 cash that you spent. So if you spend $1, you expect to get $2.60 of value back. Uh, Brothers War was about $2.38. All Will Be One was about $2.50. March of the Machine was about $2.40. So we've come to expect that if you spend $1 on a precon, you get more than that back and you get two and a half times that back because that's sort of what these precons are is they're giving you a box uh, or a deck that you can play immediately yeah. uh, and it's not really about the singles inside it's about the, the full the, deck potential the deck um so we're used to seeing about two dollars and fifty cents uh per dollar the enduring enchantments deck alternatively is 130 dollars and 75 cents and if you spend 80 dollars on it if you divide that by $80, you get $1.63 of card value for your $1 in cash. Almost a full, like it's almost a full dollar. It's a full dollar less than Baldur's Gate per per cash. And it's it's like basically 75 cents less ev- for every single yeah. dollar that you spent. So in, to go one step further, I took that $1.63 and I multiplied it by 40. It's like, what if we had a $40 precon with that same value? And that $40 precon would be valued at about $65.38, which is an abysmal price. That's that's nothing. That's super bad. Yeah. Like if, if I spent $40 on a precon and I got $60 back and that's that $60 is taken before the precon, like before the reprint values are are announced so you're not gonna get sixty dollars with a value you're gonna get thirty dollars with a value yeah because once some of the cards get announced people start you know like it, it changes everything right once reprints are announced the card values go down that's just there's gonna be more in circulation that's how it works so we can't expect these prices to hold and I can't in good conscience tell you to buy a, a precon that was only worth that uh, amount. Um, so unfortunately, the financial value for these decks are not really worth it. That's how we feel about that. Um, that being said, we are going to talk about the notable preprints in the deck. We're going to talk. Did you get caught? I did. Nice. Pretty good. <laughs> uh, we are going to talk about the cards that are in here that you care about. Uh, these being the notable reprints, only the ones above $5. The ones that will, you know, feasibly change uh, from this reprint. Starting with the first one, which is a real nice reprint. I love this reprint. Love to see it. Uh, it is Dryad of the Elysian Grove coming in at right now. It's at $20. This is a great reprint. It's really solid in Enchantress decks. It's great in lands decks. It sees a ton of play in Commander. Uh, happy to see it reprinted. Wish there were a number more of them. Uh, the next one is Starfield of Nyx, sitting at $15.25. A good reprint. Great in every Enchantress deck, especially haven't graveyard seen, ones. Yeah, and I haven't seen it in forever. So. Yeah, this reprint has been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. 
I'm very happy for it. The next one is Grasp of Fate. Right now, currently $8. Grasp of Fate, great removal spell, really efficient for Commander. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the best enchantresses in the game, it's Satessin Champion. Uh, that one is at around $6. It has Constellation, so it draws whenever an enchantment enters rather than whenever you cast. Really think, strong. Yeah, I think uh, another one that people are going to be excited about is Morari's Wake. Yep. We love an anthem. Can't have too many Marari's Wakes. Um, mana doublers plus an anthem. Marari's Wake is a strong and popular magic card. Uh, and the final one is Cunning Rhetoric, which is about $5. Um, I think this price is a little blown, I overblown. I don't think Cunning Rhetoric is a great card and certainly not one worth $5. Yeah. Uh, so there's only $6 worth more than... Six, excuse me. There's only six cards in this deck worth more than $5. Um, so you can see why the reprint value is so low (laughs) okay (laughs) but money isn't everything with these pre-cons sometimes when you're buying it you are buying a deck to play so um we want to talk about the best cards mechanically in the deck the cards that when you draw them you're like oh here we go yeah our engine is online this is exactly the card i want from my deck well, the card that I I you I know you know we're cooking with gas. It's Satessin Champion. It's yeah. it's really just the card you want to see in your opening hand. Honestly, if you're if you're starting your game, um, so it has Constellation. Whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one plus one counter on Satessin Champion and draw a card. All the things we love in life. So Constellation Enchantresses are extra good in this deck, especially with your commander, because you are reanimating your enchantments. You are not casting them. So this one will draw every time an enchantment enters the battlefield and doesn't rely on you casting it from hand. Mm -hmm. This next one is a menace in any Enchantress deck. It's Doom Wake Giant. Doosh, doosh, doom. <laughs> Four and a black for an enchantment creature dot giant. Whenever it has constellation as well, whenever Doom Wake Giant or another enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, creatures your opponents control get minus one, minus one until end of turn. Uh, he himself is a 4-6. So this is a repeatable one-sided board wipe. <laughs> yes, we love it. It's an enchantment creature. <laughs> it's an enchantment creature, so Anicthia can get it out of your graveyard mm-hmm. and give that menace. Woo, boy, howdy. Love yes, it. she gives it menace, it, like whether you reanimate it or not, because it's naturally a creature. Yep. Uh, Do make giants great, great in this deck and is going to keep you from getting hit with a whole bunch of tokens in particular. Oh, this last one's yes. a new card. It's a new card. And there's only 10 new cards in this deck. Yeah. Um, I was very excited about this one. It's called Cacophony Unleashed. It is... Uh, five, a black, and a black for an enchantment. When Concophony, Cacophony Unleashed enters the battlefield, if you cast it, destroy all non-enchantment creatures. Nice. Whenever Cacophony Unleashed or another enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, until the end of turn, Cacophony Unleashed becomes a legendary 6-6 nightmare god creature with menace and death touch. It's still an enchantment. Okay, there's a lot going on here. Uh, This is a seven-mana board wipe. Uh, Notably, you cannot reanimate it with your commander and then wipe the board because it says, if you cast it, destroy all non-enchantment creatures. But it is a one-sided board wipe most of the time. And then it's a payoff anytime an enchantment enters after that. Mm -hmm. Six-six menace death touch is a pain to block. And uh, it's going to take some real bites out of your life total. <laughs> we love it. Cool. 
Um, so those are the cards that we were most excited to see in your hand. Know that you're going to be a problem at your table. We are going to get into the 10 cards to add to this deck and 10 cards to take out to make room for them in just a few moments. But first, a brief word from our sponsors. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. You browsing for some new tech? Yeah, I'm building T-Mountain Architect. Ooh, how about Zergo and Ojitai? Did you just drag and drop that card image directly into your deck? Yep, with Architect, you can drag and drop card images from EDH Rec or Scryfall directly into the deck list. No typing required. That is so cool. Ooh, okay, check this out. I'm gonna drag and drop Dragon Storm into the deck, and then boom, I'm gonna drop a bunch of dragons on the battlefield. A nine drop, huh? Seems ambitious. It was just for the pun. Architect is the best place to browse, brew, and playtest commander decks. Just go to architect.com slash command zone to get started. That's A-R-C-H-I-D-E-K-T dot com slash command zone. Welcome back, everybody. We are talking about the Enduring Enchantments uh, pre-con deck from Commander Masters. We are upgrading it. We're going to add 10 cards. We're going to take 10 cards out using a budget of $50. But before we do that, I want to get your impression of the deck just as a pre-con, how it plays without any upgrades and what you wanted to do with the upgrades that you added. Well, the first thing I'll say is I've done a lot of these so Mm. far. This one to me feels so out of the box, ready to go as it is in an enchantment shell. Like it gives you a lot of cards that you want to do the thing with. Um, And I was very surprised and it made my cuts really hard uh, when I did have to go and decide what I was going to keep, what was going to go. So, you know, your commander, you want to attack, you want to have your enchantments out on the battlefield, you want to have your enchantment in the graveyard you want to bring them back and you want to turn them into zombies and you want to attack some more it's pretty it's pretty straightforward i'm not mad about it (laughs) yeah that's the thing is like the value on this deck is low but you look at the list and you're like these are the cards i put in my enchantment decks like these are the enchantresses that that i tend to run these are the cost reducers like all of these are very real magic cards they just don't happen to cost that much Mm -hmm. so the list naturally Looks like an enchantment list. There were so many times as I was deciding, like, before... I always put my cards in before (laughs) I make any of the cuts. So as I was looking through the list, I was like, oh, I definitely want to put this in there. And then I'd Mm -hmm. look and I was like, wait, it's already in there. I'm going to put this... Oh, it's already in there. So I was, like, going back and forth with myself and you. And I'm like, (laughs) where should we put this in there? And Rachel's like, it's already in there. It's in the list. (laughs) It's on the list. They had it. I don't know how to read. (laughs) (laughs) I only play magic. No read, only magic. Um, Uh, I I wanted to mention before we get into the exact cards that uh, we decided to add, this deck definitely looks like an enchantment deck. It has a ton of enchantress spells. It has a pretty rough mana base. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. So we're not going to talk about ways to upgrade the mana base. Generally, we... We use the same lands. We talk about the same lands a lot. Those are the kind of lands that we would put into this deck. Um, the mana base as is is sort of weird. It's really weird. I. It's worth noting that the deck has two tainted lands, uh, which are lands that only tap for colored mana if you control a swamp. 
And tainted lands are great. They're untapped. They tap for like two colors. That's that's usually really good. Yeah. Commander. Problem is, there's only five swamps in the deck, and they're just basics. <laughs> so you essentially always need to keep a swamp in your opening hand. Like, yeah. without a doubt. I mean, you should have one in your opening hand anyways, but it makes the, the mana base really clunky if you don't. Yeah, or like anytime you're searching for a basic, there's a number of cards that like fetch basics out of your deck. And normally you're like, okay, what cards do I want? Like double pips of and what spells are in my hand? How do I want to get a swamp? Um, you must get a swamp. If you don't have a swamp and you draw a tainted land, it's just a colorless land. Um, so prepare for for that or put some money into upgrading this mana base. I don't know what lands you have at home, um, but it would be money well spent to making this deck sort of play more smoothly. Yeah. Uh, that being said, we like talking about spells to add. It does more for the deck long term. Uh, so let's talk about the 10 cards that we're putting into it uh, to get it into fighting shape. Rem- remember, we've used... $50 for this budget upgrade. Five zero dollars Yeah. <laughs> We're going to do some real money. <laughs> um, so the first card that I decided to put in here, and it wasn't just because this was a command zone preview card. It's because it's an actual bomb in this deck. Oh, yeah. It is Nyx Bloom Ancient. It is four a green, and three greens. It's a 5-5 five, five enchantment creature elemental. It's got trample. If you tap a permanent for mana, it produces three times as much of that mana instead. So I know we were talking about the mana base. Get Nyx Bloom Ancient out, and you're feeling pretty nice. Oh, yeah. You're casting everything in your hand. If you have an Enchantress on the board, you are really starting to churn. Uh, enchantment Enchantress decks tend to have a ton of cards. Yes. Uh, but they're choked on the mana that they have. So a Nyx Blue Mansion goes a very long way to um, making sure you can cast all the spells and draw all the cards. It'll have Menace and you can bring it back from your radio when somebody decides, uh-uh, I've had enough of that. Yep. Really great spell to uh, reanimate. Okay, uh, this next one is a staple in enchantment decks as well, and it's only $2.25. You know, I'm a budget lady. Mm-hmm. It's Turling Grove. Green-white for an enchantment. It says, other enchantments you control have Shroud. It also has an activated ability that says, one, sacrifice Sterling Grove, search your library for an enchantment card, reveal it, then shuffle and put that card on top. There's a couple of great things about Sterling Grove. A lot. Protects your commander. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it sacrifices itself, so it can draw a card for Nursey. Yeah. And you can reanimate it from the graveyard with Anicthia. And it tutors. What more could you ask for? It's a dollar. It's $2.25. It's $2, and it's only two mana. Shroud's a little tricky, like, especially if you're trying to, like, blink your commander, which mm-hmm. we will talk about in a second. If you give your commander Shroud, then you can't blink it. But uh, if you can't, if your opponents can't touch it, then it's pretty safe. Then you don't, you don't need to blink it. <laughs> then you're good. <laughs> so Sterling Grove, good. And if Shroud is messing you up, sack it. Go find a new enchantment. That seems good, too. <laughs> uh, this next one, I can't believe, isn't in the deck, honestly. Uh, you know what? Me, too, but... I don't make these decks. They have to leave room for us to make upgrades. (laughs) Yeah, they they have to. I can't make it perfect. Yeah. I mean, I think people would be really excited if they did. But you know what? It it's not perfect if somebody else is making it. You have to make it yourself, and then it's perfect for you. See, that's very nice. So I added in Weaver of Harmony. It's one in a green. It's a two-two enchantment creature, Snake Druid. Other enchantment creatures you control get plus one plus one and then it has an activated ability you can pay one green and tap it copy target activated or 
triggered ability you control from an enchantment source. You may choose new targets for that copy. This is it all. I mean, it's an anthem for your reanimated creatures yep. and all of your enchantress effects. Mm -hmm. And you can double the triggered ability of your commander or any of the sagas in your deck. We love it. Or any of like the sacrifice on the Sterling Grove or uh, not Nick's Blue Mansion because that doesn't use the stack. Um, Weaver of Harmony is really going to put in a lot of work. And I don't think this is the kind of card that your opponents like to spend removal spells on. No. So great little value piece. I love it's it a lot. It's only $1.50. Nice. We I know those. you love this card, Rachel. I do. I do. It is Teleportation Circle. It is only $6. Three and a white for an enchantment. It says at the beginning of your end step, exile up to one target artifact or creature you control, then return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control. Um, so your commander has an attack trigger, but it's way easier to reuse that ETB in yes. commander than it is to attack with a, what is she, a 4-4? Four, four? She's a 4-4. Four, four. She's a 4-4 four, four. menace. That's it does, it does change it a little bit. Menace yeah. is, it tends to be hard to get around early game, but late game, people usually have a lot of blockers up. Yeah, they're, they're going to be able to find a way to block your commander. So attacking with her isn't always as safe as you want it to be. That teleportation circle means that you will trigger her every single turn without having to risk her in battle. Uh, only six bucks, real good. So the next card I decided to add is Touch of the Spirit Realm. Um, it is two and a white. It's an enchantment. When Touch of the Spirit Realm enters the battlefield, exile up to one target artifact or creature until Touch of the Spirit Realm leaves the battlefield. It also has Channel, which you can pay one and a white, discard Touch of the Realm, exile target artifact or creature, return it to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. This card does a lot for you as well. Mm -hmm. That channel ability, that oh, that channel ability, blinks your commander, yep. which is what you want. Mm -hmm. um, and you could use your commander to reanimate Touch of the Spirit Realm, yep. I suppose, uh, if you want to Oblivion Ring a an artifact or creature. But you could also blink it now, reanimate a big enchantment, mm -hmm. and later you'll have an enchantment that you can reanimate at any point. Um, Gets an enchantment in your graveyard, removal, blink, the whole package. I know this Plus, it's channel, so you can't counter it. Right? It's only 50 cents. Yeah, it's good. Play it. Oh. Good one. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> this this one's a fun one. Very cool tech for this tech. I yes. liked it a lot. Uh, this is a Vessel of Nascency. It is a green enchantment, and it you can pay one into green. Sacrifice Nestle of Vacency. Reveal the top four cards of your library. You may put an artifact, creature, enchantment, land, or planeswalker card from among them into your hand. Put the rest into your graveyard. So this is a fun way to fill your graveyard. You want tons of stuff. In, well, hypothetically, you would like tons of stuff in your graveyard mm -hmm. to bring back with Anicthea. Yeah, Vessel of Nascency is really tidy. It's one mana to put onto the battlefield. If you have an Enchantress, you draw a card off of it right away. Then you activate it. You draw another card that you can't get back from the graveyard. I don't know, a Swamp. Oh, yes. Uh, or <laughs> an artifact or creature or something else. Put all of your enchantments into the graveyard and you can reanimate them later with your commander. You can reanimate Vessel of Nascency and get a 3-3 Vessel. That's cool, too. And you get uh, attack with it. Does a lot for a very cheap little enchantment. Again, only 25 cents. I think this is not one of the... 
Ah, it's probably one of the best best cards I best put ads, in. Yeah, yeah, one one of the best ads we put in here. Um, it's greater good. It's two and a green green enchantment. Sacrifice a creature. Draw cards equal to the sacrificed creature's power. Then discard three cards. Man, greater good puts in so much work, especially in decks that really use its graveyard. And you're making three three creatures, so you can sacrifice them, draw three, discard three. Yep. Ton of selection, loading up your graveyard with with uh, enchantments that you can reanimate with your commander. Mm-hmm. Really, really powerful. And greater good is only five bucks right now. If you don't have a couple of greater goods, make sure that you have some in your collection because this is the type of card that everybody remembers and is like oh yeah i need like three greater goods <laughs> you're like you see it at a, at a table and you're like whoa, 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 whoa. it does what you're doing how it's also a f- just free sack outlets in commander so good just come in handy like even if you're not playing a an aristocrat deck that's built around things dying being able to sack something in response to an exile spell so you can reanimate it later being able to sacrifice something in response to a theft spell yes most of the time people won't target you with steal stuff spells because you have a sack outlet so you can just redirect things naturally Um, especially when you can sacrifice something and get cards out of it goes a long way love a greater good Mm -hmm. this next one's one of my favorites it's a little slow but he's cool shigeki jukai visionary one in a green for a legendary enchantment creature snake druid he is one He is a 1-3 with an activated ability that says one and a green tap. Return Shigeki to its owner's hand. Reveal the top four cards of your library. You may put a land card from among them onto the battlefield tapped. Put the rest into your graveyard. It also has channel XX green green. Discard Shigeki. Return X target non-land. Oh, excuse me. Target non-legendary cards from your graveyard to your hand. Shigeki does a lot for you. Um, It's ramp. It's mill. It's an enchantment that you can cast repeatedly with your um, with with your enchantresses on board. Yep. So you can get all of your triggers and you can draw even more cards. Plus, it has that channel ability when you're done doing the slow cast and, and mill and ramp thing. Yeah. Just to get some stuff back from the graveyard, reload your hand and um, get ready for the end game. Also, it will get menace from your commander. That too. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Sometimes chip damage gets gets you the game. So, yeah, for sure. You, know, you, if take, you have to. You attack, take those. You take those. So normally we don't mess around with the land bases here, but mm. with that whole shenanigans yeah. of the land base, <laughs> I did decide to switch out um, one of the lands, and I put in Gyre Reach Sanitarium, uh, which is a legendary land. You can add a colorless, and you can pay two. Uh, each player draws a card, then discards a card. So. It doesn't give you colored mana, but you might not have gotten colored mana anyway. <laughs> but what it does do is it allows you to get cards into your grave, draw a card, and then put cards in your graveyard, which is what you want to be able to pull out of your graveyard before I eat a microphone. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this, like, Gaia Reach Sanitarium is really great because you can do it at instant speed. Mm-hmm. Like, if you Gaia Reach at the end of your opponent's turn, where yeah. you, you draw a card, you discard, and Nyx Blue Ancient. Everybody goes, oh, oh. no. Because next turn, you cast your commander, reanimate a Nyx Blue Ancient, mm-hmm. tap all your lands for nine mana, slam some big spell, and people are like, what happened? Yeah. Uh, so this instant speed looting is what we're looking for because your commander is very telegraphed, so you can't let people know what you're doing. Like, you really don't want to draw a discard 
and then pass. <laughs> no, your your opponents are really going to be paying attention to what is in your graveyard and what you're doing. So instead of, um, you know, like Rachel said, attacking is going to be really hard if they know what's in your graveyard. Mm-hmm. So, you know, linking Anikthia, I think, is going to be a very strong way to... Um, Play, play it as a deck. I know a lot of people will go the token route. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's very, very linear and super easy to do. And I've done it a million times and the internet has told me, do something different. <laughs> um, so I'm doing something different. Yeah, I, I like Gyre Reach. It's also sweet with Touch the Spirit Realm because you can like draw, discard something, channel uh, the Touch the Spirit Realm, blink your commander, instant speed reanimate yeah. something. Pretty slick. If only you could give it haste. I mean... Yeah, you're blinking on it. It's, it's entering the battlefield. It'll be fine. Uh, one more thing. If you're playing Abzan, you need it. You must have it. Do you? I'll, I'll, do, you I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Do it. It's Eerie Ultimatum. It is a lot of mana. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's it's seven mana? White, white, black, 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 green, green. Seven altogether. It's a sorcery. Return any number of permanent cards with different names from your graveyard to the battlefield, which will be... All of them, because yeah. we play Commander, and, well, uh, depends on, unless you're playing. Yeah, this is a permanent base deck. <laughs> yeah. Most of what's in your graveyard is going to come back to the battlefield. Yes. Uh, with the exception of Eerie Ultimatum, I suppose. That's a spell. Uh, or an instant or sorcery. It's a not not a permanent. It is um, uh, $4.50 currently. Yeah, and but this card wins games i mean when you think you're down and out and you're like ugh, i look at they have somebody cast an austere command they blew up all of my enchantments i am feeling rough and then you draw eerie ultimatum and you're like actually i think i win yeah i think i have it now so it, it's like really a, good yeah it's like a rise of the dark realms just for yourself yeah Worth every penny. Uh, and that is our 10th card that is going into this deck, totaling $45.75. On a budget. Nice. Uh, leaving you with uh, $4 and a quarter to go buy a couple swamps uh, <laughs> to put into this deck. Um, of course, we have added 10 cards, which means we have to take 10 cards out. Uh, a sad moment for every deck. We will play taps as each card leaves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this first one looks suspicious, but it makes sense with because we've added a land. It's a yes. uh, forest. I'm not taking out a swamp. There's, only, don't, there's five. only five. We need those. <laughs> we need those. Yeah. So uh, there's plenty of forests in the deck. Uh, getting rid of one is not going to make that big of a difference. Um, so we're also getting rid of Arcane Signet. The ramp, the, the deck has a ton of r- ways to ramp. Oh, what is it? 17 pieces of it's ramp in this deck? 17 pieces of ramp in this. And I mean, you're playing Enchantress. You're going to be drawing lots of cards. Let's be real. Most likely you'll be okay. Also, when I'm building ramp, if I'm building a highly synergistic deck like Enchantress, I want my ramp to be on an enchantment. This is an artifact. What are you doing here? Get out of here. Speaking of which, the next one's rampant growth. Again, we have 17 pieces of ramp. If we're keeping our ramp, it's enchantment based. And rampant growth doesn't quite do enough. It does ramp, but growth for me does not. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, I feel like I just don't need it. It's a Rasta of the Endless Web. I do love spiders, but it's in every single green precon that's ever been they printed. They love this card. And like, sure, it could be fine. You know why? It, why? It blocks Zatalpa. <laughs> <laughs> they need it to protect the Zatalpa. I can make reach creatures that block Zatalpa. Oh, yeah. It's got a, it's got a, that and um, Atali. 
Uh, yeah, yeah well, tollies and everything you can too. Chump so block yeah, them all day. Yeah, Arasa of the Endless Web just isn't really the best enchantment creature that we're doing here. The the spiders that it makes aren't even enchantments. If they were, also. I would have kept it. Yeah, if you're if it's making more enchantments, then we know exactly what we're doing here. But this isn't really a token deck, and it also it just yeah, it's a sort of a weird include. I know you don't love this one. Tell them why. Uh, Tell them why. This next one's Abundance, and my friend Dan will hate me for doing this, but it's too green-green for an enchantment. It's whenever you would draw a card, instead you may choose land or non-land, and you decide which one you get. What I don't like about Abundance is I'm paying four mana to have a slightly better draw next time. And long-term over the course of the game, yes, it will put in work. But you're playing an enchantment deck. You're drawing a ton, <laughs> ton of, of cards. cards. You don't need great selection because you're drawing a ton of cards. Uh, so abundance feels expensive and really not worth the tempo hit. All right. So the next one I cut, uh, which did hurt my soul a little bit, is Dreadhorde Invasion. It's an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, you lose one life and amass one. And then whenever a zombie token you control with power six or greater attacks, it gains lifelink until the end of turn, which you think, oh, Anicthia makes zombies. Mm -hmm. They're three threes. It's really yeah. like if there were six sixes, one, that would be broken. And then you would do a ton of work with Dreadhorde Invasion. But right. it's just not really going to do exactly what you need. It is an enchantment, but I better better things were put in. Yeah, you need like Dreadhorde Invasion plus one of the big anthems in the deck plus your commander on board yeah. to really get that moving. Uh, Dreadhorde Invasion is really best served in aristocrat decks. Absolutely. Uh, the next one is one of the few sagas. It's the love song of night and day. Uh, this is, just doesn't have really, it doesn't have the card draw that you want. It doesn't really have the token creation that you want and it doesn't really have the anthem that you want. The card just isn't quite good enough. I mean... It does have a little bit of those things, but ultimately we were focusing less on tokens mm. and more of mill, graveyard, recursion. And I kept all of the sagas that did that. Yeah. Um, so I was like, yeah, we'll get rid of it. Sure. The next one we got, uh, we got, we got cut. It <laughs> is Omen of the Sun. <laughs> get out of here, sun. Sun, we don't need you anymore. Yeah. We have the night sky and the stars of Theros. <laughs> um, is Omen of the Sun. It's an enchantment. It's flash. When Omen of the Sun enters the battlefield, create two one one white human soldier creatures. Um, and then you gain two life. You can sacrifice it. So that's nice. It does, you know, Anicthia things. But... I don't want the tokens. I really don't care because I'm not going a token route. So I decided to boot it. Doesn't do enough. Uh, this next one is Cunning Rhetoric. It's two and a black for an enchantment. Whenever an opponent attacks you and or one of your planeswalkers you control, exile the top card of that player's library. You may play that card for as long as it remains exiled, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast it. Uh, a lot of the time you look at Cunning Rhetoric and you're like, this is defense. People won't attack me. If I draw their cards, they will. They'll give you their, their card. And the thing is, you're playing Enchantress. Their cards aren't very good for you. No. You have a very specific strategy where you cast an enchantment to draw draw two to cast an enchantment to draw two you're playing storm you don't want their junk like other stuff that just doesn't work with what you're doing it's not worth it uh despite it being five bucks <laughs> so it's worth it for somebody somewhere but not me not now not ever <laughs> not anyhow um so the last card i cut was sandworm convergence it's six in a green green enchantment creatures with flying can't attack you or planeswalkers you control. At the beginning of your end step, create a 5-5 five, five worm creature token. So you, it would if you're making tokens, pretty good for a token deck. Um, 
I just don't really care too much about yeah. this token. I care about tokens coming out of my graveyard. Um, yeah, you could re- re- like reanimate the sandworm convergence, but then it's really vulnerable. It's a 3-3 zombie. It's very easy to kill, and you're making mm-hmm. worms, but it's not... It's very slow engine, and it's a very vulnerable piece. You're and making worms, and they're not even enchantments, so like yeah. you, they're not going to have menace. They're just going to be six six worm. I'm sorry, five five green worms, which are fine if you are going that route. But I yeah. said nay nay. They also love a sandworm convergence. That's another one that gets. <laughs> they need a to lot find new ones to put in there. They're like, what's Quote the biggest it. enchantment you can think of? Sandworm convergence, jinx! Like, <laughs> <laughs> put it in there. We are we are vouching to get better <laughs> other cards in these precons. There is other top end in the world. Help us out here. Uh, okay, so we've added ten cards. We've taken ten cards out. We have a perfect one hundred card precon upgrade. How does the deck work? So, um, as I talked about before, very linear. It's an enchant enchantress deck <laughs> um and but it's it's an abzan so mm. you have the splash of black that's going to allow you to recur so not only do you want to play your uh enchantments you want them to go to the graveyard you want to sacrifice your enchantments for value and you want to uh use your sagas to mill yourself and your opponents um but you don't really want to attack with your commander i would say early on probably attack with your commander while everybody's open but mm. later on you want to blink it you want to blink it and you want to return stuff from your graveyard and then attack them with that, those things, those creature tokens that have menace. Yeah, I love that. Uh, and this is a really interesting angle of enchantment, enchantress we haven't seen before. Yeah. Like the, there's a little bit of enchantress like reanimation going on with the uh, the five color shrine commander. Yeah. Um, but this one is specifically Abzan. It feels a lot tighter, feels a lot more focused. Um, and I, I think you can do some really neat things with it overall. Plus, it introduces this sort of like blinky enchantment creature mm-hmm. deck, which is a whole new flavor. And love I love it. that they're doing that for us. Uh, to the listeners, what do you think about the Enduring Enchantments pre-con? Any cards we missed? Any cards you su- uh, we suggested to take out or add that you disagree with? Let us know in the comments. If you've started building Anicthia or Narcy, let us know what your sweet, sweet tech is. We want to know. We want to see it. We are reading them. I promise. I respond to a lot of the comments about yeah. like picking like what other people put in, mm. what, you know, questioning some of mine. And I'm like, sometimes... I just wanted to put it in there and I liked it. So, you know, my joy to you. Please enjoy. (laughs) If you liked any of the cards that we talked about today, if you're going to make these changes to your deck or if you want to pick up the pre-con itself, go over to cardkingdom.com slash command. Card Kingdom has a huge selection of singles and sealed product. Again, Commander Masters is a great time to be looking at singles prices and picking up those hefty uh, booster boxes themselves. If you were trying to grow your commander collection, there is not a better time than on or after a Commander Masters set comes out. So go over to cardkingdom.com slash command, get the cards you're looking for, and support the show you love. Love us. <laughs> Once those cards are in your hand, you're going to need to protect them. Go over to ultrapro.com slash command to pick up those sleeves and the deck boxes. You need to build all of these precons and get them upgraded adequately. Uh, UltraPro has great deals and high quality products that make sure that you can sleeve up and protect all of your 
commander decks. I have 25 of them. I've bought a lot of sleeves. Uh, and we love Ultra Pro because they have the official magic art and their stuff is always high quality. So again, make sure you're signed up for that Ultra Pro newsletter. Make sure that you get access to uh, whenever a new drop comes out, whenever a new set comes out, when they launch a new wave of products, or they just have a sweet, sweet deal going on. UltraPro.com slash command. Got to keep an eye out for those secret layer playmats. Yeah. They are a hot commodity and they, they go, go fast. fast. Yeah, <laughs> sign up for those newsletters. Make sure that you know what's coming out. All right, we have talked a lot about magic. Mm -hmm. What's going on in your life outside of magic? Let's go to the end step. Head empty. Only, 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 only magic. Only magic. <laughs> <laughs> there is only magic in here. Sparkles and enchantments. I'm and also cute. zombies. Uh, zombies. Yeah. Zombies. Okay. Anyways, I, don't, I, won't, I won't impress you with my singing vocal range. <laughs> um, so what I've been doing, uh, I have a lot of people ask me because I, I say taking a break from magic is healthy. Taking mm -hmm. a break from the internet is healthy. So what I do is I go to, I'm prepping for an event called Wasteland Weekend. Um, so those of you that like LARPing or like festivals, it is a post-apocalyptic festival in the desert. Not not quite Burning Man, but very similar. Um, but it's all kind of based around Mad Max. So everybody dresses up like these Mad Max, you know, like costumes and costumes are non-negotiable you must be in theme it is very fun i've been going for years i have a whole group of people that i make art with in the desert they're we're called the wasted saints and like uh i've just been making stuff for that all every weekend we've been prepping it's in <laughs> september it's every weekend we're like lady what are you doing this weekend she's like i'm making a hut and you're like, what? It's a swamp I'm building shop. a shack <laughs> I'm like, from my hands. <laughs> They're like, do you want a draft? No, I'm building a swamp that looks like yeah. it's been decrepit for one millennia. Do you know where I can get 100 crocodile keychains? Literally. <laughs> the whole theme is like post-apocalyptic. Po oh, post post is my favorite dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh and it's supposed to be like southern gothic you know new orleans you know inspired and so i'm finding all kinds of fun gator stuff so if you're interested in that kind of thing come on by the swamp shop and yeah. come come look at all the stuff that i made <laughs> hopefully there will be a ton of pictures from this event i've seen a couple of pictures of you from previous years yeah awesome. i have a mini it's so impressive i have like a mini um monster truck based off of a grave digger uh like not tonka truck but uh um what are they like call a hot that? wheel no not hot wheels the ones that kids drive in oh like a kid like a k-car type of thing uh yeah i know what you mean power wheels there power wheels it was built off of a, a uh, an old grave digger power wheels because spoiler so alert <laughs> i was picturing like the pedal one i thought about <laughs> like... it but uh yeah i i'm also super big into monster trucks so i built like a well i found one online and uh i've just been souping that up so it's you know get weird live your life yeah. Do things that make you happy. It's so fun. And it, it's such a it's such a cool way to spend like spend your time and energy yeah. to like create a world for yourself. It's very cool. My money goes to magic and weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, before we get out of here, I want to say thank you to our amazing team here at the Command Zone. Damon Lentz, er uh, Eric Lem, Megan Yip, Gerolav 
Gaurav Galati, Jordan Pridgen, Jamie Block, Arthur Meadowcroft, Manson Lung, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Sam Waldo, Evan Limberger, Craig Blanchett, Katie Cole, Mitch Trafford, Gabriel Pozos, Josh Lee Kwai, Jimmy Wong, and of course... Lady Danger. And also Rachel Weeks. And Everybody give me. it up for Rachel Weeks doing the heavy lifting. You did the heavy lifting on this one. This is a Lady <laughs> Danger original. Uh, thank you for taking the time to do these upgrades. It's fun seeing everybody's personality come out when they yeah. do the upgrades. And uh, it's always fun having you do a Golgari. One day maybe brand, I'll brand, teach people brand. how to play it. Who knows? Someday. <laughs> Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you next time. Peace. For your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.